Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We have the final four coming up on Saturday. Craig Mish Davis Maddock with you until 2 o'clock Eastern. Good to be with you here on this Wednesday as we close in on tomorrow. And opening day finally starting. All of the previews, all of the fantasy betting discussion finally begins tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern. We'll have it covered for you. Live action with us here. It's kind of like a little bit like the NCAA tournament in a way. The first day I think there's a ton of interest and in starting at 1 o'clock Eastern We'll give you updates on games. We'll be watching them, telling you what's going on, who hits the first home run of the season, who steals the first base for a strikeout, all of that fun stuff for sure. Davis, I know that you're looking forward to it. Hopefully you'll be able to get to some games this year in Kansas City. Actually in St. Louis, I think you live now, right? So in, in St. Louis, maybe Kansas City down the line. Brett will be checking out the Mets and Yankees, and I will be at the Marlins. So I think we have you all covered here for the season on Sports Grid. There we go. Yeah, we got uh, we're we're East Coast. We got the Midwest. We got it all. I mean, hopefully, uh, I will be able to get to uh, some of those Nolan Arenado home games. One of my one of my favorite players ever. It'll be nice, and you know, some good seats right there on the third baseline. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we're able to uh, to get those. But I mean, there to me, there is no better ballpark experience than going to Kauffman. It is uh, it is a beautiful stadium, and I I love going there. And I hope I'm able to get out there at least once. I I got. I got a couple tips on a vaccine, so I hope uh, I hope to be able to uh, to get that in the books, be able to get uh, get poked in the arm, and then uh, go watch some baseball. Yeah. Also, James, I forgot about James, our producer from LTN. He does the camera for the Royals, so he'll be at, at Kauffman Stadium, I believe, on opening day. And so, hopefully, I got my. By the way, for those people who watch. I did get the vaccine. I got my second one today. And so uh, feeling good. Hopefully that will be the case and I'll be here tomorrow, no doubt. But yeah, I, I think that for me getting back out and living a little bit, that was you know <laughs> kind of an important deal for me. But so far, so good. No question about that. Still have two eyes, two ears, mouth. I'm good with you guys here on the show. All right, let's take a look at the headlines here on the program. We got 10 games tonight in the NBA, including... A really good matchup between the Bucks and the Lakers. Won't have all the star power on the side of the Lakers, of course, but nonetheless, that's one of the marquee games tonight on the West Coast. 24 hours from opening day. It will be starting soon. 24 hours. Yankees, Blue Jays, throughout the first pitch. Used to always be the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know why they stopped that tradition, but that I thought was a fun tradition to have, but that's not happening this year. Uh, UCLA, this is so compelling. They go from the first four to the final four. So rare to see that. I don't think that we've ever seen that before. But here they are after the big win against Michigan last night. And then Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, expects full capacity for the 2021 NFL season. And Davis, look, it is nice to say these sort of things if you're the NFL. It, is it realistic? Maybe so. I mean, we are we are four months away and it feels like the country is getting vaccinated. But uh, far be it from me to say, Davis, that 
on in the first game in September in California that all of a sudden they're just going to open that thing up and there's going to be 60,000 people. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Definitely California handles it a little bit differently than, than some others, but it definitely will. I, I think football is probably the one sport that is going to be the most open come the summer. Yeah, and uh, we know the NFL was already getting people in the stands last year when the vaccine wasn't even a thing yet. Uh, there were lots of people right. at the Super Bowl. I know the Chiefs let guys in. I think I think the Cowboys got like 20,000 people in there on Thanksgiving. So they're definitely the league that is uh, most about the dollars and least about public safety. You know, the, the NBA and the NHL have been number one on, on public health and safety, and the NFL – you know, the almighty dollar is definitely what motivates uh, the NFL, which I, I think reflects, you know, uh, the, the fan base for the NFL and, and you know, how uh, the owners treat the sport as well. Yeah, also Tyler Lockett, according to ESPN, signs a four-year extension to stay with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't, I don't know if this is any indication on Russell Wilson, Davis, one way or the other, but Lockett has essentially, I think, kind of fallen to the number two receiver on, on Seattle at this point with the way that Metcalf played last year. But any quarterback that goes to Seattle goes into a really good situation, if it's Wilson or anyone else having those two guys on the outside. Yeah, uh, huge contract extension for him. Maybe a little surprising given what we've seen coming out of Seattle this offseason, you know, where they're, you know, trying to restructure themselves into a, a ground and pound style team. But a good for Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett actually was at K-State the same time that I was. So always good to see him securing the bag. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I hope that Seattle does the right thing this offseason, especially in the draft, and continues to build around Russell Wilson. I, I don't have high hopes. You know, I think they start the year airing the ball out, putting up record-breaking numbers, and then they kind of curtail over the second half of the year. But uh, very, very glad to see Tyler Lockett get paid. Yeah, and and more lawsuits filed against, uh, against Deshaun Watson. So that's another situation that we'll have to keep an eye on in the NFL yesterday. So we saw the Dolphins give up a first-round pick. So the cycle continues with the NFL, and it's so interesting the way that sports works is – this is arguably the most exciting time in sports of the year. I know a lot of people look at the beginning of football, but you have opening day. Uh, you have the NBA going on. You have the final four coming up this weekend. The NFL draft is now a month away. And then, of course, you have the Masters coming up next week. So I got to tell you, it's a great time to talk sports. And to think a year ago, we didn't have this opportunity, and we do now. It's uh, phenomenal to discuss, and we'll have it for you. By the way, full Masters preview Every single day, betting preview, DFS preview, right here on Fantasy Sports Today, starting next week. All right, coming up next, will the Oakland A's get back to the postseason? Davis and I will break that down. And also, the Toronto Blue Jays, if you really feel like the Blue Jays are going to have a good season, you stand to make a pretty good amount of money this year. Not a lot of juice on them to make it. We'll hit on that next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back over on FanDuel. Plenty of different options to get involved in sports wagering just before opening day. On demand, Davis and I went through every single win total on our YouTube page, so you can go check those out. But uh, bottom line, Davis, is that we're going to go through two teams today. Uh, and, and surprisingly enough, it's like if I if I flip the odds on the two teams that we're going to talk about, I think they would look more normal. Because the Oakland A's in 2021 – or we're just basically going off history here and maybe not as much about their squad in 2021. They definitely have a very intriguing young team. And at some point, some player Davis is going to surprise us on the A's. It happens without fail every single year. A couple of years ago, Matt Olson goes off. Matt Chapman becomes an MVP type. Uh, Chris Bassett pitches so well at the end of the season, earned an opening day start. It's like, you, you really don't know who's coming for Oakland but you know at some point that they're going to find someone that's going to be both viable in fantasy and help you bet. And that's kind of the way that I see the A's. I like their pitching. I'm not sure that they'll all hold up over the course of the year. A lot of young starters, Lazardo and Puck, and now this new young starter, Dalton Jeffries. They're loaded. They always seem to be. But their total this year kind of told you that they have a shot at the postseason on FanDuel. Davis, you're laying 130 to win 100. And if you bet no, it's you're going to make some money here. You bet a hundred to win one Oh eight. How do you see Oakland this season? Yeah, I, I think that it is going to be tough for them because we outlined this on the show yesterday that I think the angels have better high end talent than the A's do. Now the A's have better pitching for sure. Right. Chris Bassett, Lozardo, Manaya, Montas. They're going to give AJ puck a turn in the rotation. They're going to give Dalton Jeffries a turn in the rotation. Uh, you know, they might be able to get something out of uh, uh, Sheldon Noose. Like, I mean, they have they just have a lot of guys who are really strong prospects, and we don't know necessarily how they are going to use them. I mean, they have guys down in the minors who are uh, high A, double A guys who, who might get up and, and play for them this year, right, because of the way uh, that they have always done these things. I mean, they like to bring up some of the younger guys once the service time, uh, you know, once the service time concerns are over. But they have some good hitters on their bench as well. Chad Pinder, a guy who the stat cast data always loves. He hits the ball very hard when he does make contact. You know, not a great strikeout guy. Right. I am going to take the no here because I expect the Angels and the Astros to be very close to being as good as the A's. And I, I think the Astros are better. And I think the Angels can be better. And this line, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. You can get uh, good plus money on the Angels making the playoffs. 
And I think that the AL East has three playoff teams, The right? I, I think the Rays will be close. To me, it kind of comes down to will the Rays or the A's make it? And True. the Rays seem yeah. like they're a little bit better than the Athletics, right? So if they're a little bit better, that should edge them out. Uh, this one is probably closer to a no bet for me, but I would lean the no. Yeah, I, you know, I think this will be a boring segment. We're probably going to end up leaning the same on, on both teams. But Oakland is is that team, Davis, that very similar to how the Rays are doing business now. You would make a lot of money just continually betting yes. Because if you do it 10 years in a row, the A's are going to figure out a way to do it and get in seven out of the 10 years. It's and, and, But again, some people go into the season and will predict this year, Davis, that the A's are going to lose 90 games. I mean, it's just true. Oh, Marcus Simeon and the pitching is young. And, and it's and those things are true, but they always seem to be competitive. It's a very well-run organization. But I just don't see any value on this team in particular laying a minus 130. If it was even odds, I probably would. Uh, even though we don't see the same thing uh, same way on the Angels necessarily, I definitely feel like Tampa Bay is absolutely in the mix for this thing. And I got the White Sox or or maybe even the, the Twins making the, the postseason. I, I can't have 10 teams make it in the American League. It's not the way it's going to work. So I'm with you on the no, but don't be surprised to see Matt Chapman hit 40 or Matt Olson hit 50 or just you know, right. someone out of the ordinary Dalton Jeffries to win 14 games. Like I, I just know that this is coming with them, and, and it's just so hard to predict. They also have a couple of really young players that I think are going to be stars, international prospects that they have too. Uh, Puasan, I think, is one of those. I, I think Oakland's in really good shape for the future too. The other thing that bothers me a little bit with Oakland is that if this is one of those 10 years, Davis – like three out of the 10 that they don't make it, they dismantle the, you know, what out of that team in July. Like yeah. if they, if they see that there's no shot, they are just done. They're just going to pack it and start over for the following year. I don't think that's the case with them, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go no here, but it, it'll be a pass for me overall. Just a lean. No doubt about that. All right. Toronto blue Jays. Let's take a look at them. This is our first even odd bet for 2021 on a team to make the postseason which tells you that that FanDuel is not convinced, Davis, that their pitching is good enough to get it done. I think it's a valid point to think that. I really do. And you're basically laying 110 on both sides, 110 to make it, 110 against it. If you're betting the yes, you're betting they're getting, let's just call it, two quality starters over the course of the season and then mashing their way when, when pitchers three through five are there. I think that's viable. I do. The only thing that I worry about going into this, Davis, is that if there's a million 13 to 10 games like at Coors, that's not going to be in the Jays' favor. There are going to be some other teams that are going to come in there with that offense also and are going to give them trouble. So I'm going to say yes here. I, I do believe that they're going to make it, but I love them for fantasy. I love those players for fantasy. I've proven that in fantasy. I mean, I've been on all of these guys throughout the spring uh, playing in Dunedin, I've been to that park many times. I don't think this is getting talked about enough. You're talking about warm weather in baseball in April and May, and, and I know they played in the dome previously, but it's gonna the balls are gonna launch there. There's gonna be a lot of home runs. There's gonna be a lot of scoring, and as long as they can get some decent quality starts from three through five, I think they'll be okay. I think they sneak in. I'm going yes minus one ten. So I'm going yes as well. I mean, this is not going to be any surprise to our, our viewers here on the network. I've been hammering the Blue Jays all offseason. I think one through nine, 
They are basically the strongest non-Dodgers, non-Yankees team. I think that the Yankees have some guys who are going to, you know, Gary Sanchez and Clint Frazier are, are some of the best eight, nine hitters in baseball, basically. And, you know, Chris Taylor for the Dodgers down there as well. But Alejandro Kirk going to be getting some plate appearances for the Blue Jays a catcher. He's a much better offensive player than Danny Jansen. I mean, an embarrassment of riches. They have, you know, Lurdy Scoriel and Kavon Vigio batting seven and eight. And I'm a little bit more bullish on their pitching than you. You know, I think that Ryu is going to be pretty solid, but I think that they have some massive upside if Robbie Ray continues the control that he has shown in spring training thus far. You know, I think that's going to be uh, absolutely massive for them. And, you know, I, I continue to be a Nate Pearson believer. So I, I think that maybe some of the concerns about their starting pitching are a little bit overblown because they have guys who can at least access high ceilings. And also, you know, who's to say if the Blue Jays are, are crushing the ball offensively but struggling with starting pitching, why would the Blue Jays not buy a starting pitcher? Why would they That's not true. trade for, you know, a good impact starting pitcher? They, they have shown – you know, they're going to pay these guys. They brought in Ryu as a free agent. They, they've been willing to, to mix it up a little bit in the trade market and in the free agent market. So I think, um, I, I actually think this is a huge bet. And in fact, I'm going to, when we had to break, go and bet this one personally myself, because I'm a, I'm a Blue Jays backer. Yeah, I, I think that the point that you make is fair about why wouldn't they just add a pitcher at the deadline. But, but if I was playing the other side of it, Davis, I would have said, why didn't they? at a pitcher already like it, that you know that one does correlate with the other I understand they gave Springer a ton of money and they they kind of wanted to stop there but they did sign Simeon it's 18 million dollars like eh, they could have given some other pitcher that too but hopefully your point is the point which is they will do it but I, I am perplexed as to how they went into the season guessing that Ray would be better and guessing that Pearson would be good and hoping that the, the back end of their starters would be okay uh, I'm going to go yes with you, and, and I think that their wins are still high 80s, but I think that they get into the postseason in 2021. All right, coming up next, we're going to hear from Mike Elias, GM of the Baltimore Orioles, assistant GM of the Astros, Pete Patella. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All 
Hey, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Some really, I think, fun things are happening in Birdland this time of the year. Of course, the Orioles are going through their spring training 2021 season. We're going to take a look at a season preview of them with Executive Vice President and General Manager Mike Elias joins us here on the show. Always been a good friend to the program. Mike, it is great to see you. Happy baseball season. I hope you're well. Same to you, Craig. Good to be here. All right. Well, uh, Mike, I, I know that the Orioles are certainly you've you've taken on a tremendous undertaking with the club, and I'm seeing improvements all over the place. International scouting within your farm system. Some really nice young players are on the way. But here you are, of course, fielding a 2020 and 21 club this year. You guys are coming off a season. You played very well on the big league side as well. What's kind of the feeling going into the regular season? We're just two weeks away. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you pointed out we've got uh, a lot of focus right now in the minor leagues and, and bolstering our minor league pipeline, and that's that's been going well and continues to be a major priority for us. But I think a fun aspect of our 2021 major league outlook is a lot of these uh, players that we've been had that we've had our eye on in the minors last year or two. They're on the team now and they're going to break uh, camp opening day. Um, and we saw some really good debuts last year, namely, you know, Ryan Mountcastle, our, our left fielder, and Dean Kramer and, and Keegan Aiken, a couple of guys that, that came up and joined the rotation kind of midstream. And so we've got more and more of these these names that, that our organization and Oriole fans have been, you know, following in the minor league box scores and in the pages of Baseball America and so forth, you know, are starting to be a, a part of the team. So we got a young team, but there are uh, – players on this team that are starting to form what we hope is a playoff nucleus. Yeah, and, and drafting Adley Rutschman and the great job that you're doing in international scouting is just something that the Orioles never did. And and here you guys are just building an incredible farm system, uh, nice young pitching. I think some of the best in the American League is coming, no doubt. I'm seeing it. People are talking about it. And it's going to be happening eventually for the Orioles, no question. Um, 2021, though, of course, has its challenges, you know, both on and off the field. Uh, interesting that you guys made some news this week. I didn't anticipate. I, I saw uh, Michael Franco was someone that is potentially being brought into the fold to play third base. I know many years ago, uh, people thought that this was a great third baseman, very hot prospect. He's moved around the league a little bit. Why the decision to bring him in at this stage? It's kind of a, a, a late and, and sudden addition. We weren't, um, you know, coming into spring training necessarily planning on, on a, um, a free agent signing or a, a third base type of signing like, like Franco. Uh, but the longer that he uh, kind of persisted on the market, it looked like a really good opportunity for us. Um, you know, we got a glimpse of what our infield looked like with, with Rio Ruiz out, out sick last week. And, you know, we need some more options at third base. We need depth. Everyone needs depth. Um, we have a um, playing time situation where we expect we have a designated hitter spot that there are going to be uh, players rotating through, whether it's the first baseman, third baseman, corner outfielders. You know, Trey Mancini, who's, who's coming back from cancer last year and looks really good, he's going to be DHing some days. Uh, that might open up first base. So we, we um, you know, a added Franco to our mix. Um, I think that there's tons of opportunity and playing time here for him and others that, that have been here. And it, it seemed like a, a good opportunistic signing for us. And for him, uh, this is a place that he wants to play, to, to build value, to get playing time, to, um, you know, hit in our division and in our ballpark. And uh, we think he can have a real good season for us. 
Yeah, I, I would think this is a great opportunity, great bounce back spot going to you guys in Baltimore, no question. Uh, you, you mentioned at the top Ryan Mountcastle in my circles here. There's certainly a lot of interest in him, both on the offensive side and even where he may end up playing defensively, Mike. We've seen so many of these bigger, stronger players start out in the outfield and, and then kind of move their way either to first base or, or kind of designated hitter. Uh, where do you see him batting in the lineup every day this year? And what is kind of the potential that stands with us here with him in 2021? Yeah. Um, real interesting kid. I mean, he, he actually started out as a, as a shortstop uh, here in, uh, in central Florida, went to, I believe, uh, Haggerty high school in, in Orlando, mm -hmm. a, a kind of a known baseball program. Um, and he was like one of the top shortstops on the summer showcase circuit, very high profile high school hitter still filling it out and getting strong. So it's hard to play shortstop with those dimensions. He uh, spent some time at third base. Um, you know, e even there, it, a lot of evaluators projected a move to, to first and left field. And for us, um, you know, when I got here, I noticed we have a lot of, of corner bats, um, Mancini in particular being on the team. Um, it was important for us to find another position for him other than first base. So we put him out in left field. He's a good baseball player. He's a good athlete. And he took to it really well. And we think he can stay there. So he's um, hopefully somebody that's going to be in the middle part of our order, whether that's third, fourth, or fifth for the next several years. Um, he did a great job coming up, uh, really looked the part and, and had a real smooth transition to the big leagues. And now it's about, you know, kind of avoiding the sophomore slump and, and building from there. But uh, we really like him. We're going to bring in assistant general manager of the Houston Astros, Pete Patella, who joins us to talk a little bit about their lineup, rotation, and, of course, the young prospects that we could see in the big leagues in 2021. Pete, thanks so much for making a few minutes with us here on Sports Grid. Great to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, let, Pete, let's, uh, let's kind of start off with the big league club here in, in 2021. I, I know that the Astros are going to look a little bit different than they have in years past. George Springer, of course, no longer there. You brought back Michael Brantley. Uh, but I look at the offense, one through nine, and, boy, it is kind of reminiscent of a World Series team like you had a couple of years ago. It just seems like that one player in George Springer is the one that's going to be the one you're going to have to replace this season. Yeah, for sure. It's obviously nice to get Jordan Alvarez back in his rookie year was one of the best hitters in the league. And um, yeah, we, we didn't have him last year, obviously. So huge boost to the lineup there, along with, uh, you know, the rest of the guys came in um, healthier. Um, Kyle Tucker, he's put on some good weight, um, hitting the ball hard so far. So I think the uh, the offseason did a lot of these guys a lot of good. Um, they came in great shape. So yeah, really, uh, really excited about the offense. Uh, real quick, just to tie a bow on this, with Valdez, what is the estimate? I, I know there's been – there was a lot of different talk about how long potentially he could be out, at least in the media. I never really saw anything definitive on that. Do you have any idea as to the time frame on that? Is there anything? Yeah, nothing definitive yet, but, um, you know, it's just a matter of how he heals and what the progression back looks like. But um, we're, we're, um, things are trending up, and uh, we're excited about that. Okay. And, and and then in the bullpen, uh, Ryan Presley looks like your guy in the ninth inning. And I know that you've kind of, I mean, every team is, is redoing bullpens. And I know that you guys are, are simply no different there. Uh, who, who would be some of the later inning options if Presley, if you wanted to give anybody else options there in the eighth inning or the seventh inning? Yeah, I think, 
obviously Blake Taylor jumps out. He's somebody who's uh, he's tough on righties and lefties. Inoli Paredes as well. And, you know, then you have some guys like Joe Smith who are, are super reliable, you know, maybe not your prototypical closer, but we're worried about leverage and getting leverage out. So um, who exactly pitches in the ninth inning might, might be different depending on the day. So. So, so you don't think there'll be a traditional closer going into the season or, or, or is there a chance? Yeah, I think we'll have a traditional closer, but um, you know, I, we feel confident about other guys, you know, if, if our, our closer isn't, isn't uh, rested for that day. So. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. I mean, Presley showed a lot, I thought last year and, and, and certainly once, uh, once Osuna was out of the mix, I thought he, he pitched uh, particularly well. So, so the one thing Pete that, that I missed out on this year that, that you guys, it, it was just so much fun uh, over the, when, when the ballpark of the Palm beach is open and the Astros came in, and in, in fact, probably my best prediction ever was the year that you guys won the World Series. I, I, that was the, probably the only time I've ever got the World Series team left. I went back there and I said, this is the best major league team. And I, I can't remember the last time I saw so many minor league prospects that are going to be big league players. And Tucker was one of them. Alvarez was another one. Teoscar Hernandez was, was another one. And I'm just looking all over the place. And I'm thinking this is going to be years and years. And then you draft Burns and Bukaskis, and I know that they had to be part of trades too. So my awareness of not being there this year is really hurt. I really don't know outside of just lists that I'm looking at. I can't even see the players this year. So, so who in the minor league system? I know Whitley's the top ranked guy is going to miss the season or close to it. Who are some of the other names, Pete, that we should have on our radar in your minor league system that could make a major league contribution this year? Yeah, in terms of uh, major league contribution, uh, obviously, uh, all depends on kind of who makes the roster out of camp. But we have a lot of competition in the outfield uh, between McCormick, um, Brian De La Cruz, Jose Siri. Um, obviously, at, at the major league level, you know, Miles Straw has been up there. Um, getting a little deeper, obviously, we have um, Jeremy Pena. Um, is somebody who's, uh, you know, up the middle prospect. And right behind him is Freudis Nova. And one of our additions this winter, Pedro Leon, um, we have him playing, you know, shortstop as a conversion uh, candidate. We're also going to keep him in center field. But he's shown some elite athleticism so far out there. So, you know, there's some guys, and obviously it depends on who's on the roster, who isn't, you know, some of those things. But, um, yeah, it just depends on kind of how deep you want to want to get with these guys. Yeah, and, and I think that that's important. Nova, I know, uh, was a very highly touted international prospect. I think I saw him pitch in, or I'm sorry, play in the GCL a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And I know that there's some high hopes for him as well. Uh, well, Pete, listen, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us here on the show and giving us a little bit of an outlook on the 2021 season. Certainly, we'll keep an eye on the Astros. We'll see what Miles Straw does. I know that there are a lot of people watching this show hoping – 50 steals, you know, 340 on base, something special like that. But definitely have put together another very strong roster. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks again. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Pete Patella here with us, the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros, right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Sports. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. the first time that weird things happened on the eve of the baseball season if you remember a few years ago Kevin Pillar was just completely released by the Toronto Blue Jays he was their starting center fielder and then you got to go back probably Davis like a decade ago where on the eve of the season for the Braves they decided to tear down and they traded Craig Kimbrell to San Diego so today we knew something had to happen that was weird and we just got word that Alberto Mondesi the shortstop of the Kansas City Royals injures his oblique. And by the way, oblique is not a one-week injury, but hurt his oblique and is going on the 10-day injured list, and Nicky Lopez has been recalled for them. Mondesi was one of my main players in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Draft a lo- uh, auction, along with George Springer. I have uh, Davis $60 of my salary right now is going to be sitting on the bench opening day. So. Mondesi, I I took him in the third round of the Raz Slam. The round before, I took Eloy Jimenez. So I lost Eloy. I lost Mondesi in uh, in the Raz Slam. Now, Mondesi will at least play this year. Eloy, when the first round of Fab comes through, I'm going to be cutting him for, you know, Kyle Isbell or, you know, some some loser outfielder. That's not going to feel particularly good. And uh, in my NFBC main event, Alberto Mondesi was my second overall pick. Zach Gallen was our third round pick. So I'm taking I'm taking it hard, man. I, I got so excited about fantasy baseball this year. You know, I was ready to win championships. I was ready to grind, and I just, Craig, I am feeling downtrodden, man. I'm I'm feeling beat down right now. Yeah, I mean, double double whammy with a royal and your favorite one. So yeah, I I totally get it, and. What an awful piece of news to start the season for sure. And and, and for me, I'm never a Mondesi guy. I'm never a stolen base guy. And I went for it this year thinking I didn't want to chase it. And here I am again, made the mistake. But hopefully Mondesi's back in a month. But obliques are never a one-week or even two-week injury. So we'll get the grade of it. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But uh, the Royals did not recall Bobby Witt after all this nonsense that, oh, you know, he was almost ready. But, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, now what? <laughs> now what? They've decided to keep him in the minors for a little bit longer. We'll see about that. So we end the show a little bit on a downer. Let's pick it right back up, go to some fantasy or reality as we close it out. Speaking of injuries, 
These two names are no stranger to that. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge. Fantasy Reality Davis, Stanton or Judge, just one of the two, will play 140 games or more for the Yankees this season. Fantasy or Reality. Well, you know, I'm not feeling particularly optimistic about injuries in baseball right now. So this is what I'm going to say. God, I hope it's true. I just, come on, give me, give me 150 games of the, of the Bronx Bombers, you know, 50 dingers each, 100 RBIs, 100 runs scored. I mean, it just, it would be great for fantasy. It would be great for baseball. I want to see the Yankees just put through an enormous amount of runs. I don't even like the Yankees, but I just like when good players are good. I mean, that's what we like about sports, right? We like watching guys chase records. We love home runs. We love the long ball. So I think it's probably very unlikely that either one of them does it, but I just, I'm hoping it's true. I really hope that this is the reality because I love both of these guys. I mean, I don't know anything about either of them personally. Judge, Judge seems like a nice guy. I don't really have an opinion about Stan, but I just, I just want to see these dudes clobbering dingers. Yeah, I guess I know a little bit more personally on this one, but I'm going to say fantasy, and and you may be surprised with this one because I, I you would think that the designated hitter is the more likely one to stay on the field, and I don't think so. I, I think Judge is the one that is more likely to play 140 games, and that's a guess for me. I don't have to guess with Stanton. I know it's not going to happen. So it would be a guess. I will say fantasy still. I don't think so. And and I think that both of these players were meant to either play first base or designated hitter. And my guess is this will be the last year that Judge will be a full-time outfielder. I do think he's moving. he'll move to DH or first base. And I don't know how they're going to manage this thing because Stanton is a DH too. But fantasy for me, they'd have to show it. So I got Judge playing probably over 120 games, getting close. I don't even have Stanton at that. It's just every little nagging injury sends this guy out for months. So fantasy, no, do 140 for me to start the season. All right, Andre Drummond's going to make his Lakers debut tonight. The Lakers are a little bit of a shell, as we know, going against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, now Drummond, of course, has been sitting. He has not played, if I'm not mistaken, in over a month. So we may be asking a lot of this here tonight, but let's take a shot because he could be the best player on the court wearing yellow. Fantasy or reality, Andre Drummond will have a triple-double tonight. Uh, well, he will have a, he'll have a double-double tonight. You can, you can lock that in. Oh, did he I say triple-double? Uh, yeah. So – the Lakers center rotation has been a series of guys on 10-day contracts. They've been playing Damian Jones. They played him through two 10-day contracts. They signed a fellow by the name of, uh, I'm literally not even going to try and pronounce it, but he will never be seen from again. And then Marcus Gasol, when he came back from the COVID list, but he's limited to 15 minutes a night. And then Markeith Morris and Montrez Harrell are seeing the other minutes at center. I think that you can lock Andre Drummond into a double-double tonight. He's not even available on uh, the fantasy sites tonight because he is uh, too new. They didn't have it picked up when the salaries were created uh, last night, so you can't even play him in DFS tonight. But he's going to play 28 minutes, score 14 points, and get 11 rebounds with two blocks tonight against Milwaukee Bucks. I, I think you can lock that in. All right, I'll just go with Davis's opinion on this because I don't really have a strong one. I, I know that the Lakers are really banged up, and so the points that you're making seem to be fair. 
Uh, I won't be as bullish, but I'll definitely go double-double for Drummond tonight. Points and rebounds in his first game. I was shocked to see this morning. I didn't even realize he hadn't played since February the 12th. Wow, over a month for him. I know they were just sitting him, hoping for the best. All right, finally, of course, it's time ranking time in baseball. Best team, best rotation, best lineup. So this could be the first time that there is some sort of debate on our next topic because if you tried to do this over the last few years, you got shut down. Now, fantasy is different than reality, clearly. So I guess we got to put a qualifier here. But with the rankings from ESPN – they released their top 25 players, and, and we certainly could do our sports grid top 25 players. But it feels like it's getting closer and closer every year with someone eclipsing Mike Trout. They still have Mike Trout as number one. Uh, Davis, I suppose the question is, do you? Fantasy reality, Mike Trout is still the best player in baseball. Hardcore reality. The only reason this is even up for debate is because of fantasy baseball, where he doesn't steal enough bases to be there with Acuna, Soto. You know, I mean, we've, we've seen Trout fall to like 8, 9, 10 in some of these NFBC drafts. But in terms of real baseball, in terms of wins above replacement, Trout doesn't strike out. He takes walks. He plays five-star, A-plus, best you're going to find defense at the most important defensive position, right? If you have a center fielder with range, and a strong arm, your defense is going to be a lot better than if you have even just an average center fielder out there. Like compare uh, a glove first guy like Jackie Bradley, who is still worth wins above replacement despite not hitting because of their defense, and then realize Trout plays better defense than Jackie Bradley Jr. And he hits like prime David Ortiz. To me, until Trout is like 34, 35, 36, he is going to be the best player in baseball because he does everything the best in the game. I mean, he is, it's, we've gotten bored. Like that's why we're having this discussion because we've gotten bored with how good Trout is. I mean, Trout is going to go down. Kids are going to be looking back at, well, probably not kids, probably old guys like me are going to be looking back in 50 years and looking at Trout's stats and be like, wow, it is incredible how long he was so good for. Yeah, and, and a lot of people make a comparison of Mickey Mantle. It's it's fair, um, for sure, based on the numbers and the MVPs. And, and maybe boredom is some of it, but some of it, again, you're right, is because fantasy, and, and that would make Acuna charge in on him a little bit. Mookie Betts is in the conversation. And, and I definitely think that Juan Soto is in the conversation as well. But I am with you. It's it's still Mike Trout. It really is. He still is the best player. I, I think that selfishly we all would like to see what you have predicted would happen, which is he would get to the postseason and, and play in some postseason games. I think we all want to see that as well, but there really still is no debating. And then the other thing that I would say also is that we just talked about Stanton and Judge. Look, in, in some way, being healthy is a skill. I know that people don't want to hear that, but there's a reason why Trout has spent almost no time on the injured list. I think his most significant injury was at the game that I was at, where he was stealing second base in Miami and his thumb ran into the base and ended up, I think, tearing something. He missed the All-Star game and ended up missing a month of time. That was like the most ever, and that was a fluke thing. So for me, even though Trout is the best player in the game, he's also one of the most healthiest players that's ever played the game, too. He just finds a way to still stay on the field. For me, that's a little bit of a skill, maybe not in the grand pie chart of things. It may not be 10%, but it's in there for me, too. Uh, I got reality here for Mike Trout, still in the best player in the game. 
So we've lost Mondesi, Davis. Is there anyone on the wire, anyone on the waiver wire in a fantasy league that is going to steal half the amount of bases that we could find that when Mondesi's out for the next month, like, is there a five stolen base guy sitting out there? Like, I, I, I have Trammell I'm staring at. <laughs> Taylor Trammell I'm staring at maybe putting in. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think this is, this, is like, this is like losing a closer almost, right? Like, this is tough. Well, there is one guy. The problem is he's gone in every competitive league. Now, if you're in a 12-team mixed league or a more casual, you know, 15-team mixed league, you could still probably get your Miami Marlins opening day second baseman, Jazz Chisholm. He, he would be the guy yeah. um, who over the course of the next months, when Montessi is gone, he can swipe a couple bags, maybe hit a home run or two. Now, he's not going to do uh, – Montessi was primed to bat third, so runs and RBIs, he definitely is going to be better than jazz but if you just are needing five stolen bases maybe two home runs um i i definitely would uh i definitely would look at at jazz chisholm as your guy yeah or if john birdie even on the same team is maybe available that's that's definitely a possibility you'd have to basically scour today to see the 26 man rosters on some teams to see if like the 26th guy ended up making it and if he's a stolen base guy like for example we talked about on St. Louis, John Nagowski. He's not a stolen base guy, but like that's a perfect example of someone who's just flown under the radar all spring. He's made a team, and he's one small injury away from being the next man up. Uh, this is the hardest category to replace in a season-long fantasy league is stolen bases. There is no question. Closers come and go, but when you lose this type, there usually isn't anyone out there currently to be able to replace it, but that's part of our job. That's what we'll do. We'll see if we can get you through this injury as well as a lot of other injuries in fantasy baseball throughout the season for sure. Um, Davis on tomorrow's show, we'll do a little DFS by the way, Jim Sanis will be with us here on the show. Uh, I, I think that one of you guys will cover the day slate. One of you guys will cover the night slate. And so we'll come at it on FanDuel from all angles and also from a betting perspective. And so uh, be ready for that Davis tomorrow. I know that your bankroll, did you make a deposit on FanDuel? You already had a, had an, or did he just transfer it over from, top shot how's that going to work going into the season uh i've had uh i've had a couple thousand dollars just sitting on FanDuel since the end of uh of the nfl season yeah so i I, i've been waiting i've been waiting for baseball and now it's back and it's beautiful all right make your deposit get ready to go daily roto will help you and starting tomorrow we'll knock that out here on fantasy sports today but we got the sports grid 60 coming up next so before you go and leave us for the day and get ready for the NBA tonight with Scott Farrell and Game Time Decisions and Coast to Coast and all of our great shows. Stick around with us for just two more minutes as we return here on Fantasy Sports Today. You can follow us, of course, on Twitter at Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Today may be a good day for my co-host David Maddock to go out and hit some golf balls and take frustrations and fantasy out on that little white ball because the Kansas City Royals placed Alberto Mondesi on the 10-day injured list with a strained oblique. Usually those injuries are at least two weeks, uh, but usually more along the lines of a minor league rehab assignment and a month. And keep in mind, by the time that he comes back, there is no minor leagues yet. It won't start till May. So this is tricky. Hopefully you'll be able to recover, Davis. What do you got for the Sports Grid 60? Well, luckily, Craig, I do have a way to cope today. My weight loss bet is ending, so I can eat whatever I want. I can sit on the couch. I can wallow in my feelings. So uh, today, my, my Sports Grid 60 is just looking to returning to the normal American diet. I'm excited to uh, to eat some sweets again to be able to indulge in in carbohydrates maybe I'll even get maybe I'll even get some fast food have not had fast food in a long time uh you know cheat meals have normally been something a little bit nicer a little bit more wholesome so my sports grid 60 today is that you are going to be able to find me drowning my sorrows in a, a fast food hamburger and uh and some fries later today that's how I'm going to go ahead and deal with my Alberto Mondesi emotions Food is always really good for comfort, no doubt about that. Okay, so we're, we're on the verge of greatness here, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Uh, Gonzaga has won 30 games in a row. Uh, Gonzaga is undefeated, and in arguably one of the tougher college basketball seasons to play amongst COVID, they are basically two games away from being the best college basketball team of all time. Like it's close. They are right there. They're going to be in that conversation. And I don't think there's enough discussion about it. Why? Like if this was Michigan doing this or Baylor or UCLA, I think there would be a different discussion. There are greats in all of sports and we call them goats. Gonzaga is becoming a goat of all time in college basketball. They'll have to win two more games, but if they do, I'm putting them there. That'll do it for our show today. Thanks, of course, to Brett, Danny, and Ryan, and James over at LPN. For Davis, I'm Craig. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow on opening day. Have a great night. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.